When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody welcome back i'm lucas i got chris here your eyes not with us today but that's okay uh we're recording on a monday which is a little abnormal for us but that's okay chris how did you enjoy your fourth of july weekend man um it was good i didn't do much i didn't celebrate but i i got some reading done i watched a few movies you know pretty much my typical weekend um so how about you I actually got to go back to my college town in Virginia Beach, got to see some old friends, and then I spent the daytime with my daughter, and then at night, uh, I just played video games and worked, so that, that's that's about it, playing 2K. Um, nice. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, oh, I did find some new shows, but I don't, you don't watch anime, do you? Not really. I watched the Demon Slayer movie with my sister. Ah, uh, because uh, she was really into it, and she made me take her, but that's about the extent of my anime experience. Uh, uh, I, I'm a big anime person, but, you know, we're not here to talk about anime. We're here to talk about Sixers basketball. Chris, why don't we just dive into it? Yeah, so as has become tradition of sort these past few weeks, we're going to start off with some Ben Simmons talk. Um, more specifically, we're going to talk about that rumor that most people who listen to this podcast probably saw that involved the Indiana Pacers purportedly offering Malcolm Brogdon and a first round pick for Ben and getting turned down. Um, that came from Jason Dumas of Bleacher Report. Lucas, just off the bat, do you think that is a fair price for Ben? You know, Brogdon's a guy who averaged basically 25 and 5 last season. He's been one of the most efficient scorers in basketball for a while now clearly a very good player do you think that's a fair price for, for ben not quite but it is a good starting point and um as i was telling you on uh, prior to us starting to record if i was the sixers i'd ask for tj warren who was injured last year but when healthy is proven to be a 20 point per game score and maybe as another first round pick if you can squeeze it out of uh, Indiana, but the second first rounder isn't necessary. I think TJ Warren, Malcolm Brogdon in a first, more than enough fair compensation for Ben, to be honest, at this point. Yeah, I think that's fair. Obviously, Indiana has some pretty interesting pieces. Karis Levert is one that I saw brought up in a trade that Mike O'Connor proposed over at the race to Ricky Sanchez. Um, you have some interesting bench guys like Justin Holiday that you can maybe throw in. Um, I will say, I think Ben Simmons and Demonis Sabonis is maybe not the best fit. So they might Agreed. Have if they trade for Ben, that might mean they're also trying to trade Sabonis elsewhere. So that would be something mm. 
to keep an eye on them, just just fit wise, it probably wouldn't make sense to put those two together. But Indiana clearly is a team that wants to win. They missed out on the playoffs last season, but they hired Rick Carlisle. By all means, they have the talent to make the playoffs. TJ Warren should be healthy next year. So they're trending in that direction. And Ben Simmons, for, for all the slack he's taken lately, is definitely a winning player. Like He's he's better than Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> he's better so, than Malcolm Brogdon, probably better than Malcolm Brogdon and TJ Warren. So yeah. first round pick seems fair. I, I, I don't... I, so, I don't know. What would you ask for for more if you were Indiana in that place? I mean, if you were the Sixers, well, what else would you ask for? I like your idea of trying to get TJ Warren. I don't know. Frankly, obviously, I just don't know what Ben's trade value is league-wide. It would obviously depend mm-hmm. on what other teams are offering for him. I, From Philly's perspective, I think it's totally reasonable to kind of wait until midway through next season to just see what happens with Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Um, to make a decision at the trade deadline or something. Yeah. So I don't think you need to trade Ben as soon as possible. If I had to guess, he's probably going to elevate his, you know, trade value, not decrease it next season just by playing like he normally does mm-hmm. and kind of washing that bad taste out of people's mouths. So, I mean, he's already a three-time All-Star and he's 24. He's finished second in defensive player of the year voting. The Sixers are going to have to get something pretty substantial back to make it worth trading him fit being as poor as it may be he's, he's still an extremely good player so I, I do agree that it takes more than Brogdon in a first round pick but Brogdon is an extremely ideal fit next to Joel he's great defender probably, probably should have been an all-star last season frankly mm-hmm. there's a yeah. strong case for it so that's certainly a good place to start like that's a it's a pretty good sign of where Ben's value is but I don't think it's enough on its own. No, not enough on its own. Yeah, so another another guard who's kind of been thrown around lately, I don't think he's going to get traded. I don't see why they would trade him. It makes zero sense to me, but there's been some more speculation the rumors, guys like Tim Bontemps and Zach Lowe, kind of throwing out the possibility that maybe OKC, given where they are at with their rebuild and their timeline, might want to trade Shea Gilders-Alexander before his extension, because they won't really be ready to win in time for that extension to work out hypothetically which is ridiculous because Shea Gilders Alexander is a brilliant brilliant player but hypothetically if OKC is willing to trade him Lucas do you think Philadelphia should jump in and go for him Uh, of course they should the question is can they you wrote uh, an article with two really good hypothetical trades I like the second one more though I think it would take a little bit more than what you had I believe you had Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton, and two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Or Shake, yeah. I think it might take three and maybe Look, throw in Matisse. Yeah, I would throw in Matisse in a heartbeat. Um, Sorry mm-hmm. to Uriah, who's not with us today, but uh, Shake Gillages Alexander is 22 years old. He's 6'6", with an incredible understanding of pace and how to just outmaneuver defenders. He averaged basically 24 and 6 last season on 51% from the field and 41% from three. He's an insanely good player already. He's already a top mm-hmm. 40, 30 player in the NBA. Obviously, OKC... can play on and off the ball, which yeah, is great. Yeah, OKC is not ready to win. So I, I get it to some degree, but he's 22. He's the guy you build around. I don't know why they would trade him. But if they, if they do, obviously, I'd give up Maxi Thibault and two or three picks 
frankly, in a heartbeat, because um, I think Shea puts Philly right in the conversation with Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Um, Especially if you can keep Ben and Tobias. I mean, yeah. if he's on Look, a rookie if you deal. If you keep Ben and add Shea Gilgis-Alexander, then I really don't think you need to trade Ben. Um, but if you want to, you would still be able to do that and have Gilgis-Alexander. If the Blazers wanted to trade Lillard, you could offer... Ben Simmons and Shea Gilders Alexander, which no one on planet Earth is beating in terms of value. So he obviously comes with a great deal of flexibility in the present moment because he's only making $5.4 million on his rookie contract next season. So you do what you got to do to get him if he is available. Um, I'm, I'd be willing to trade Ben for him in a three team deal of some sort. I don't think OKC would want Ben if they're trading Shea, but. Oh, uh, they would probably take Ben and try to flip him like they yeah. are doing with Kemp. Yeah, so that, mean, that's not out of the possibility. Yeah, you mentioned the article I wrote. The one of the trades was a three-teamer that sent Ben to um, Golden State. So they would definitely try to flip Ben. I think uh, if you're trading Shea, the logic is supposedly that you're not ready to win during his upcoming prime. So, but, but okay, can, can we talk about the illogic here? Because if you have Shea, you have all these picks. You can cash them in for a star superstar. I agree. And hey, still have they, leftover if they capital. Keep CP3, are they, like, not – they might have a shot to get out of the West this season. Um, but, yeah. I, mean, I, I they still have, what, the, 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 the sixth pick? They still have the sixth pick. They the have – two. The 18th pick and one other first rounder, right? Yeah, they have the 16th and the 18th. Yeah. And the 6th so, pick. They have 30 yes. billion picks in the next four years. You and you cash. I, I If you're worried about trying to win now, I mean, you're going to get a good pick. You're going to get two good picks this year. Cash some of the future ones and, and for uh, some really good talent. Yeah. Well, I look, mean, Shane and Kimba Walker, if he sticks around. They're not going to win you a playoff spot in the West yet with the pieces next to them. Well, you if could trade him before something. Yeah. If they want to lose, they can lose. Uh, yeah. Like the difference between being the sixth worst team and the first worst team in terms of lottery odds is not that great. Obviously mm-hmm. they kind of are probably bummed out about getting the number six pick instead of like the number one pick and the number five pick, which was a possibility because yeah. they had Houston's top four protected, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, you keep Shea. He's 22, and he's a stud already. There's no reason to trade him. They probably won't, but... I, I don't... Yeah, that, that just seems like around. something silly that Bon Temps and, and Lowe just like to stir the pot as it is. I, I, they like to do that sometimes. But let's yeah. go ahead and switch back to the Sixers. And, of course, TMZ. TMZ's been active lately. Um, obviously the big scandal with Rachel Nichols, but they also uh, were uh, talking to Doc Rivers when Doc Rivers was walking down the street one day. And uh, they asked him about Ben Simmons, and this is what he had to say. Ben's great. I want him back. He's terrific. He'll be great. So, you know, he said that while talking to DMZ. Um, Chris, has Doc's unwavering support for Ben made him too comfortable in his role? Uh, well, I mean, first, like you said, this was some guy heckling Doc Rivers on the street as, as he tries to, like, duck into a Sephora to, to get away. This isn't, like, a proper interview or anything, so I don't know how much Doc you can really put into it, but this does seem to kind of echo his general sentiment with Ben. I don't 
think he's out on Ben as a coach. Um, he was somewhat critical, finally, after the loss to Atlanta, said he wasn't sure if Ben was a championship point guard and all that. But as you said, all season, Doc has been pretty unwavering in his support of Ben and what he's doing. He's been pretty ardent in saying Ben doesn't need to take more threes or do this or that, that he does so much as is, which is true. Like He, he does do a lot that doesn't show up in the box score. Like I've generally been on the same page as him in that respect. But Ben clearly is a player who needs to be held accountable and who probably needs to be challenged somewhat publicly in order to expand his game and try new things. Mm-hmm. So if the Sixers want him to be more aggressive, even if they don't want him to shoot threes, which is fine, just challenge him to be more aggressive. Challenge him to take over games, getting downhill and scoring at the rim and playmaking out of that. Because that's long been the best version of Ben. He, he doesn't need to shoot threes to be an extremely good basketball player who can help the Sixers win a championship. He just needs to take open dunks and take advantage of Danilo Gallinari when that's the matchup. And he just didn't do that in the Atlanta series because he was afraid of going to the free throw line. So you start with the free throws, and you start with just getting downhill and not being afraid of contact, basically. That's always been more important than the jump shot. That's where Doc needs to really rip into him and get him to work harder if he is back next season. Uh, But, yeah, I don't think Doc has been handling the been motivation situation very well this year i I think that's definitely been one of his weaker points well we don't know what happens behind closed doors he could be ripping ben new one behind closed doors and we wouldn't know but publicly i will say this last time a coach challenged ben publicly to be more aggressive and take a three-pointer each game ben pretty much went the rest of the season without taking a three-pointer so public challenge does not do Ben any good. Does not do the team any good. Um, and right now, I think that, you know, his talks are delicate between the Sixers front office and his agent, um, Ben's agent. So I, I think Doc's playing it safe, you know, saying all the right things. We don't know how true this is. We don't know what Doc's actually thinking. I think probably that post-game presser after the Game 7 loss is probably more revealing than anything else regarding Ben, his true feelings about Ben. I think he ran it back afterwards to, you know, make sure the trade value for Ben doesn't decline in case they do decide to go that route or can't find a quality trade. I don't, I mean, it's hard with Ben. I, he just doesn't, I mean, we heard what Stephen A. Smith said, that he's, you know, not motivated you know, he's coddled, um, all those things. And it just seems, I mean, I don't know, maybe Doc's feeding into it in a negative way. We don't know. I don't know. But I, I mean, I expect this type of talk from Doc, you know, being harassed in the middle of the street by a reporter. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's a very, you know, re, oh, I'm giving you the answer you want to hear type thing. Yeah, of course. I mean, he could very well want Ben gone. He's not going to say that. So, of course. Um, as far as, again, with Brett Brown challenging him to take threes and stuff, I, I you don't even need to do that. You don't need to, like, mandate him to take a three. But even if it's not public, I don't get the sense. Just we obviously aren't in the locker room. We can never know for sure. But I don't get the sense that Doc was, you know, ripping Ben every time in the locker room all season. I don't get the sense that that was the vibe around the team. 
No, I don't think so either. I yeah, was just I saying know that as an example. Would have been appreciative of that. That probably would have been the wrong way. Um, we probably would have heard about it if that was the case. But like just getting Ben drawing up plays and trying to make him aggressive, trying to let him take over certain aspects of the game. Again, going back to that Hawk series, even if we take out the pretty atrocious shooting numbers of just not taking any shots like his matchup for a lot of that series with either John Collins or Danilo Gallinari a lot of it was Danilo Gallinari down the stretch of games and like Ben should be tearing Gallo apart every time down the floor Gallo Gallo's speed with yeah ben. yeah he was never a good defender and he's losing yeah, he's lost look, a step now so Gallo can yeah. sit 10 feet back all he wants he's not going to stop Ben if Ben is determined to get by him Mm-hmm. So that, that that just in and of itself is, is unacceptable. And that's where Ben has to get better with aggressiveness. It's not shooting different kinds of shots. It's not even expanding his game. It's it's being a better free throw shooter, A, and B, just taking over when the opportunities present themselves, which he hasn't done yet. So I I agree with Doc that Ben is a great defender and he does so much as a playmaker that pretty much, I, I agree, gets underrated. Just what he does is like a table setter and pushing the pace and getting the Sixers into their sets and getting guys open threes. We don't give him enough credit for that, but if he's going to take that next step and he's going to stop flopping out of the second round, he needs to be more aggressive. So I think that's where, where Doc's energy should be focused. And I don't think a more stern public persona, especially after that playoff series, would hurt. It may not help. We can't guarantee that Ben will take anything to heart. But probably not the worst direction to go. Because Ben enough. doesn't have any more leverage at this point. I mean, he Ben's really doesn't. In like a locker room dynamic, is out the door. If he, he has to earn doesn't that Doesn't play better. He's going to end up in OKC, you know. Or he Minnesota. Could. Yeah. <laughs> so he could right. He, he's got to do better. Mm-hmm. So let's move on now and just talk a little bit about free agency. Obviously, the Sixers don't have a bunch of cap space at the moment. They have three max contract players, um, Danny Green hitting free agency. To bring him back, they would have to pay probably in the $15 million a year range, which is what he got with L.A. a couple summers ago. But they do, Lucas, have the taxpayers' been double exception, which is worth a shade under $5.9 million. Daryl Morey very famously did not use it at all last season. Just kind of let it sit on the shelf. Um, uh, I think that's more of an ownership. Trying not to spend too much type I don't thing. know. I think they were waiting on the buyout market and nothing really materialized. I, I, I think know, they were trying Boogie. I think they were trying to get Boogie and they didn't get him. Because I remember a comment from Morey Boogie's saying on a that minimum takes, contract. You don't need yeah, no, I don't think he wanted to play behind Joel, though. I think that was the issue. No, I mean, Boogie's not that good. Um, Anyways, I, I, I really think it was just Maury saving his bullets and then not having anywhere to shoot. Um, Probably a mistake. They could have used that in free agency. They could have used the deeper bench in the playoffs, but it is what it is. They're probably going to use it this summer because, again, it would be a pretty bad look if they just don't deepen the bench at all. Um, so Lucas, what are some names you're thinking of as far as 5.9 million? You can split it up to a couple different players. You can use it on one guy. What are some names that are on your mind? 
Well, originally I was thinking maybe Doug McDermott, but then I thought, man, he's going to get paid more than that. He's going to get at least 10 to 12 million. Um, so he's out, though I would love to have McDermott if we could get him somehow. But uh, the outside of him, I, you know, I'm thinking more like you can split it among maybe two players, two or three players. Um, I, you know, maybe you can split it between like JJ Reddick and Zach Collins. I, I like both of them. Zach is a stretch big man, though he's been injured. If he, if he can be healthy, if he has, you know, the, the medical checks out this offseason and he looks like he's ready to play, he's a stretch big that can defend. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent after running out on his rookie deal with Portland. I like him. Bring back J.J. Redick, uh, one of the best uh, three-point shooters in Sixers history, despite only being here for two years. Granted, he did not look good this last year. And I think that was probably more mentally, being away from his family, not being able to see them on a regular basis. I think the, the mental probably took a toll on him because shooting doesn't go away, Chris. We both know that. Um, I think being in, back in Philly with Joel and be, with Doc Rivers, because he's he said multiple times he's never had a problem with Doc Rivers. Um, so I like that. Um, another player which you had on your list uh, for an article that you recently wrote, Otto Porter Jr., 3 and D type guy. Could do a little bit more if you asked him to, but injuries kind of slowed him down. You know, you don't need to ask him to do too much, but he's a six-foot-eight wing that can guard multiple positions hit three-pointers, finish at the rim. He can score on all three levels, really, but not like he's not super aggressive, which is a shame because he was the third overall pick, and he could, if he was aggressive, he could probably be a 20-point-per-game scorer, but that's just not who he is. I still like him as a 3-and-D guy coming off a catastrophic injury and a bad contract. I think he would be a nice little steal for the Sixers if they could get him. What about you, Chris? You got anybody? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, my... Dream scenario is probably P.J. Tucker. Obviously, he has a prior relationship with Daryl Morey. Um, would fill a lot of holes in the second unit. Can play center, can play small forward, would fit in all sorts of different lineups. Can hit the corner three at a high level. And is a very tough and physical defender. Gives them some size, which they didn't really have outside of Dwight in the second unit. That kind of hurt do, them. Do you think they could get him for the mid-level, though? Do you think he—I mean, I know he's 36, but he's still playing at a much higher level than the mid-level exception would pay. Yeah, I, it's definitely possible that he gets paid more, but most contenders don't have a lot of cap space. He's probably going to want to return to Milwaukee, frankly, which yeah. is probably where he's going to end up. Um, but <laughs> if he does leave, you know, Brooklyn, Philly— L.A., Golden State, those are the teams that are going to go for him. And they don't have more than the middle to throw around. He is 36. He's getting up there. Um, mm -hmm. He's not a spring chicken. So I, I definitely think it's within reason that he might accept $6 million from a contender. I expect that to be Milwaukee. I'm not, you know, holding out hope that he's going to spurn the bucks after making the finals. But he would be, like, an ideal candidate. Another guy I mentioned on the article which you referenced everyone go check it out if you want to it's eight possible free agents for the mid-level um i went in, in depth on all of them but paul Millsap would be a pretty neat backup center sort of small ball five a guy who can also play next to joel when you need him to shoots the three reasonably well still a good physical defender at six eight i don't i don't know i don't know if Millsap has anything left man i i think That's he does uh, I mean, he I was a starting that. power forward for most of the season um, until they traded for Gordon. 
I just be I better don't know. than Dwight. I, I, I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. But to be fair, almost anybody not named Dwight would be better than Dwight. Separate yeah, like, Jaleel Kapoor. Sorry, yeah, had like, to do it, Jaleel. Yeah, yeah, but he, he's like 37. So he, he's also not a spring chicken. So I, I do agree that age is a bit of a concern there. Probably my favorite guy on the list, frankly, is probably going to rub some Sixers fans the wrong way. But Josh Richardson's value pretty much tanked in Dallas. He did not do himself any favors as far as his next contract goes. I think I he's out of the game, Chris. I think he has an opt-in for this next season. Hmm. Well, that's unfortunate. And he'll probably opt-in. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, for next summer, Josh <laughs> Richardson come home. Yeah, but Brent Forbes is another guy I mentioned. Another great shooter. Probably a better version of JJ at this point in their respective careers. Does a lot of the same things as far as just flying around screens and hitting very tough three-point shots on the move. Um He'd be fast friends with Joel. They could run those dribble handoffs all over the place. He'd, he'd do great. Um, the Sixers do, again, need some size. Otto Porter, you mentioned. Nick Batum, if he were to leave the Clippers, I'd probably prefer a bigger wing just to give them a bit more versatility because they have Tyrese Maxey and George Hill already pretty much lined up in that second unit. Another Isaiah Joe's guard. not big. Isaiah Joe's only six foot six, so he's not big either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't expect Joe to play a lot next season, but if if he takes that step, that'd be nice. But they're probably going to go for a veteran who would probably play over Joe. Um, another small guard who's on the market would be Patty Mills, who has been tied to the Sixers in the past. There were rumors that they might trade Josh Richardson for him last season. That obviously didn't happen. But another Australian guard potentially join Ben, potentially not, depending on how the summer goes. But Penny Mills is, is a quite capable backup point guard who would do a lot of good. I think you could find ways to play him and Tyrese and Seth. Oh, that'd be Especially during the regular season. I'm not I will say that Maxi would probably have to end up guarding the threes in that those lineups. Well, you're not going to play them all together at once, but you could – Work them all into the rotation. Oh, you mean shuffle them in and out? Okay, that's what I thought yeah. you were saying. That you yeah, yeah, yeah. All no. once. I'm just like, I mean, I know Maxie's getting better at defense, but he's not that much better yet. Yeah. Like, look, you can play three guards. It, it We've seen Charlotte do it. Obviously, LaMelo is 6-7, basically. So, and Shake Douglas Alexander, OKC did it a lot last season when they still had Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. But Shea is six seven, so the Sixers aren't quite built for that. But you could shuffle them in and out. You could probably give Patty Mills a solid 20-25 minutes a night and get really strong production out of him. Great shooter, can play make a little bit, handle the ball, set up the offense. Mm-hmm. He's not my first choice. If Richardson opts out, you know, give him six million a year for three or four years and just lock him up. I'm cool with that. Um, if that would tempt him to opt out of $10 million for one year, it probably wouldn't, but, you know, it's a thought. Um, uh, I don't I, think... I don't know I mean, if you can trust the shooting, especially if you still keep that on. You don't really need to in the second unit. I mean, you, you got George Shelley, you got Seth, you bring Danny back. All you need out of Josh is a few threes a night, which he's capable of. I don't think you need him to be Steph Curry, and he would guard bench guards at a very high level. You're paying him 25 a night. 
he's not starting anymore. He's not having to make quick decisions next to Al Horford and Ben Simmons. He's not trying to be the number three scorer. He'd be like a wing off the bench. I think that's a role that you can get a lot out of him. You know, less is more with Josh a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. I think he'd be really great, like sixth or seventh man. Um, as you said, he's probably going to opt in, and this is a conversation we may have to have next offseason. But if Richardson is out of the running, if Blake Griffin's out of the running, if P.J. Tucker's out of the running, I really like Nick Batum. If the Clippers keep him around and pay him, then you probably I think Porter. Ju- I'm thinking Porter Jr. is probably our best shot. Yeah, Otto, if you want some size. Brent Forbes, Petty Mills, if you want another guard who can give you some offense. Um, I think you, I think you need size because we have more than enough shooting with those guards that we already have. It's it's the defensive size outside of Ben. Mm-hmm. You don't really have it because you have Danny Green and Matisse that are both six six, Ben six yeah. ten. So you really need another perimeter wing that can defend at a high level, and Porter can do that. I, I like that, that's especially true if you trade Ben. If you trade yeah. Ben, then you need another six eight guy who can guard a few positions. Do, do, um, do you think Porter's going to get more than that in the market? I don't. I don't see. It I don't happening. know. I he might get less. I, I, I he might get yeah because those injuries, man. Those injuries really cost. Because I thought he was going to explode in Chicago when he got traded there, and then injury after injury just kind of derailed him. And I think it messed with his psyche a little bit too, because he's just yeah. not nearly as aggressive. I mean, a few years ago, people were saying we prefer the auto contract to the Tobias Harris contract. That's not the case anymore. <laughs> I think the Sixers could very well get him for the mid-level if they really wanted him. Um, they might be able to get him for less. They, he might be a minimum contract guy who needs to prove himself. I don't know for sure. But Do you think he wants to go to a contender, or do you think he wants to stay yeah. on like a rebuilding team to try to bring up his – I don't, see, that's that's the thing. I don't – no, because he's he's never really been on a true. Con- I mean, those two first two three years in Washington were okay, but then he got traded to the Bulls, and that's a dumpster fire right now. And then the Magic are in full rebuild as well. Though I will say he did play bad for the Magic at the end of the year. I thought he played. He played soft. like three games for the Magic. And I don't I mean, know if he can take much away from that. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, I think he'll definitely get another shot. It de- just depends on where he wants to go. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Philadelphia can, like, pretty much guarantee him a role if he is up to it, performance-wise. Um, he'd definitely have a spot in the rotation. So it wouldn't be, like, you know, I, I mean, I don't think it would be, like, a risk as far as no one's going to see him play and he'll never get another contract. But I guess you don't know. With injuries, they're tough. Um, the Sixers certainly have their share of experience with injury-prone players. Maybe you don't want to use your $6 million gold chip on a guy who hasn't been healthy for three years, but it's not going to be premium pickings. A lot of the guys who are in that mid-level exception range, as we've already said, are probably going to resign with their teams. So Sixers are going to have to take what they can get. If you can get out of Porter for $6 million, at the worst, that's a $6 million trade chip at the deadline that you can mm-hmm. match with another contract. Like, if you sign Otto for $5.9 million, you re-sign Danny Green, you put him, Seth, and Danny together, that's a max contract. Or, or George Hill. Absorb. Yeah, George Hill. So, at worst, this is another just salary filler in a trade. So, yeah, that's what we're looking at.
Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to yet another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. If you are listening, please leave a review, give us a rating, and subscribe. You can listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Google Play, or you can just listen on our website at thesixersense.com. As always, we are deeply appreciative of all our listeners for tuning in and giving us the time of week to talk Sixers and to talk basketball. We are very excited for the upcoming NBA draft, free agency, all these things we are going to cover in even more depth in future episodes. So we will be back later this week, and we cannot wait to talk to you all again. So thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.